This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. I'm Audrey Cooper, editor-in-chief of the San Francisco Chronicle, and today on Fifth Admission, a troubling story told exclusively to the Chronicle. Reporter Matthias Gaffney has learned that two-thirds of the cruise ship passengers now quarantined at Travis Air Force Base have refused to be tested for the coronavirus. Not only are the passengers refusing the test, but our sources say federal officials are actually encouraging them to do so. These passengers are on a 14-day quarantine and could be released without ever knowing if they are positive. Joining me today to talk about this is Matthias Gaffney. So Matthias, tell us, remind us, how did all of these people end up at Travis Air Force Base in the first place? Sure. Uh, this was, you know, a few thousand people uh, going on a cruise and mid-cruise they found out that um, individuals from the previous cruise on that ship had tested positive for coronavirus. And so they, for uh, a stint, were spending, uh, were in lockdown essentially off the coast of California, um, off the coast of San Francisco Bay. And they helicoptered in some tests there and they determined that 21 passengers and crew were tested positive. Um, so after a big um, um, ordeal in trying to find a home port to finally dock at, they wound up at the Port of Oakland. And then the largest contingent of those passengers were sent to Travis Air Force Base. And, and a good portion of those are California residents. And when are they supposed to be let out of quarantine? It depends on the person because uh, they all arrived at different times. So they need to get their 14 days in. Um, that's their um, sentence, if you will. Um, and it's, uh, for some, it's, uh, in a few days, uh, like five days or so. Um, but for the most part, they're about a week out. So they spend about half their time there so far. And why is it that they seem to be refusing these tests? Yeah, it's, um, I spoke to, um, a couple who refused a San Francisco couple who refused to get tested and, it had to do with uh, a couple things for them. Uh, they said, you know, had they been tested right away when they first got to Travis, uh, that would have been a different story. They would have been glad to. But now, um, if they got tested now, they would be um, subject to a collecting time frame because they're all collecting these tests right now. And it would take them a while to send it off. And there's a backlog um, of about four days. And so... It would potentially um, delay their release date. Um, and they also had concerns that if they tested positive, then they would have to go through that same delay testing process um, and get two to three negative results before they would get off the base. So basically, they just want to go home and they, they're on, at their wits end and are fed up and want to isolate in their sanctity of their own homes. And 
what did the vice president say when they were when they were taken off the cruise ship? Everybody was watching that cruise ship circle outside of the the Golden Gate, and when they finally announced they were bringing it in, the the vice president made some proclamations. What were they? Well, he it was pretty simple. He said, "We're going to test everyone on that boat," um, and then the Department of Health and Human Services a couple days later said, "Everyone's going to get tested um, that comes off that boat." Um, and very quickly, um, uh, this news obviously flies in the face of that. And, um, what we're told is, you know, there was a shortage of tests, right? When people arrived at Travis, there was a shortage of personnel who could administer the test. And there was a shortage of, uh, equipment, uh, to protective equipment that you need, that you're required to have on to administer the tests. So that delayed the testing. And then they still, to this day, even though all the tests are complete, they still to this day don't have all the the um, equipment they need uh, to administer these tests, which led to a lot of speculation that that's, that's why they're dissuading people from getting tested is because they, if everyone said, yes, I want to test, they don't have the personal protective equipment that's required to do those. So it's um, it's been just um, a real... Uh, difficulty uh, for the folks out there. And a lot of them have just decided not to do it at all. That's incredible that they, they had a few days to prepare for this. What, what do you attribute the shortages to? I don't think it's unique to Travis. I mean, there's been shortages of tests um, throughout the country that have been well reported. Um, Obviously, you know, getting these tests was one thing Um, they have right now, 13 people, um, who are able to administer the tests. Um, that's what we were able to, to determine at Travis. And um, what they're being told, um, these people are telling, these federal health officials are knocking on the doors of these apartments where people are at Travis and they say, do you want to test? If they say yes, they come back and test them. But um, the folks I talked to said, when they're making their pitch to get you tested, they're actually kind of dissuading you from getting tested. It, it makes no sense. It runs counter to, you know, the, the vice president saying that everyone's going to get tested from the federal level um, directive. But these people are told that the, uh, these people are being told by these um, federal health officials that, you know, hey, it's, you know, if you're 14 days in quarantine, that is a generous amount of time. You're well protected. The symptoms would have manifested during that time period um, if you indeed were um, positive. So the quarantine will suffice and the test is just, you know, not necessary. Not to mention, if you do do the test, there's a chance that you're going to have a delay to your release date. And so for a lot of people, that's just, uh, you know, a deal breaker. Right. No, I can I can imagine people, even though we're all sheltering in place right now, you certainly would, I would at least rather do that at my house than, than at an Air Force base. Um, is there, you know, of the, of the people that were tested on this cruise ship, we know some people were tested when they were still on the cruise ship and, um, and there were a couple dozen or so, I think that tested positive at that time. Were there people who tested positive after they were sent to Travis? Yes, there's. There's a group of about a dozen and actually grew yesterday to about 18 or so. Um, and they of the people who were sent to Travis 
Some developed symptoms and some um, were taken to the hospital, which ironically, if you're developing symptoms and you're taken to the hospital, they immediately were tested and got results um, rather than the other folks. But um, so there's about couple, there's about a dozen um, who have been separately quarantined because they had showed symptoms or tested positive and they're in different facilities for that. And then I was told even just yesterday um, six people were taken away by ambulance of this large contingent on Travis, um, uh, because they were developing symptoms or other illnesses. Oh, wow. That's, that's really scary. And, and you would presume that the people, once they get into the 14 day quarantine are, are, were they sharing any spaces or speaking or in proximity to the people who have now gotten sick? Or is that part of the question? Yeah, it's um, it is part of the question. Um, some people I spoke to said, well, you know, the first couple of days of quarantine, you know, we were kind of in a lot of common areas F- for the first part, you know, just the bus ride literally from the cruise ship to Travis. They're on a bus together sitting next to each other. Um, some people are eating on the bus, taking off their masks they're describing. So those first couple of days is you could, depending on who you ask, is it's like the quarantine was not really officially begun on their, in their eyes. Um, and then since then they're pretty much, um, kept to their own, um, apartments, but they're able to walk outside with masks on and stuff. And, and, you know, there's some general lobby areas that are sort of common. People don't congregate necessarily in there, but you know, if you're touching a doorknob a half hour ago and then I show up and touch it, you know, that's, there's potentially that possibility they're saying. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's, it's probably, a decent quarantine at this point, but there's, you know, these people are wanting to be isolated at the, the safety of their home where they're not near people who kind of are seen as higher risk who've been on this, this, you know, uh, stricken cruise ship. Well, that, that certainly makes sense too. You spoke to an, an infect, an infectious disease expert from UC Berkeley. What did he say about this? Yeah, I spoke to a couple, um, experts on this. And one was pretty shocked that, um, they weren't all being tested. Um, you know, put aside, you know, yes, a lot of people say that 14 days quarantine is, you know, plenty sufficient to cover when someone would be contagious, but put us, put that all aside. He's like, why not just test everyone? It's just, you know, you have them there. Um, they have nothing better to do, frankly. And why not just test them to make hundred percent sure you don't, you know, if you're a uh, you live in Madera County and you're the public health administrator and you get these five cruise ship members coming back from this ship and you're told, oh, well, we they weren't showing symptoms, but they're coming back anyway. You know, you'd probably want that that affirmation that they um, tested negative on a test. And and, you know, the 14 days has been brought up as well as far as, you know, um, they don't know a ton about coronavirus and the best science right now is saying that 14 days is probably OK. But there's other tests that have shown that there's a few people who have longer contagious periods. And then there's also the fact that there's people who are asymptomatic, like they don't have any symptoms when they're actually positive. So they're technically contagious with it, but they don't show any signs of it. And so, you know, if you, if, if that's the case at Travis right now and you decline to get tested, then you potentially could slip out the cracks. I want to ask you more about what the actual community risk is, but let's take a break. I'm speaking with reporter Matthias Gaffney. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. 
From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. So what is the idea? It is the idea that if you've served your 14 days at Travis Air Force Base and you go back into the community, there is no risk. How accurate is that? Or is that kind of being simplistic given what we know about the circumstances there? Yeah, um, it, different experts. I mean, I had one expert say that, you know, the four, he's pretty comfortable with the 14-day quarantine as, you know, as far as if they were legitimately isolated and and um, and that was handled properly, um, that, you know, if they go back to their surroundings and isolate themselves in there, that they're probably won't be an issue. You know, they kind of hedge everything on the fact that it's the coronavirus, you know, the novel coronavirus is, uh, you know, first time they're seeing it, sort of learning a lot about it. And frankly, there's no, as they say, binary answers to these um, questions because they just don't know enough about it yet. And then there's just, uh, you know, the people who say, you know, why risk the reseeding um, potentially of sending someone into the community without getting the test? Um, it just doesn't make sense to to um, him on why you would possibly even just not get the test. Well, it also seems that if there are people who, are, as as recently as today, are being taken out of Travis and uh, being taken to the hospital, and if they were um, congregating with people after the 14-day period, period started, it seems that 14 days might not be long enough to determine if these people really have been exposed. Yeah, I mean, if if any of those six people do turn up positive for uh, coronavirus and it's found that they did have close encounters with these people, you know, hypothetically, they're supposed to be isolated. Let's hope they didn't. Um, but let's say they were in close contact with someone, you know, potentially their quarantine, 14 day quarantine could restart from that contact and they'd have to go through it, you know, potentially again. What did the experts you spoke to say about whether these people could be forced to be tested? Yeah. So um, when I contacted the um, White House to ask about um, the testing results and, you know, based off of, you know, when Vice, Pe- Vice President Pence saying that all of them are going to be tested. So I wanted to get them to comment about these these numbers, um, about the lack of testing. And they basically said, well, you know, we offered to test everyone and we can't force people to take the test. And so it is what it is. And so we spoke to a couple um, legal experts today, law professors who said, well, that's not really the case. There's some precedent um, that Supreme Court precedent that shows that the, the federal government actually does have the power if there's, you know, they can show causes for why they believe someone uh, may have this illness that they could force a test. And it's, it's actually based off of, I think in like 1908, there was a small smallpox outbreak where there was a, a court case that went through the, up to the Supreme Court where they were asked whether or not they could force a vaccination for smallpox on someone during this emergency. So that's kind of the precedent that the, the law professor said um, gives uh, the federal government this power during these emergency circumstances that if they have to force it on someone, they can. That being said, I don't know if there's much precedent for someone getting strapped to a gurney and like having a swab stuck up their nose forcefully to get a test being done. 
you know, who knows if we would ever reach that level. Um, worst case, they could fine or criminalize it. Um, but there's, you know, to reach that level um, is, uh, the scholars were saying, kind of pretty doubtful. Well, I, I, I think we can all imagine that um, probably staying there is not the most pleasant thing in the world. But you also, you mentioned you spoke to a few people there. What What is life like for these people in quarantine? Oh, boy. Yeah, they, they want out. <laughs> that is one thing that's pretty clear. Um, they just are, the food they say is degrading. Um, they're just sick of their surroundings. They're, they want their own beds. Um, they, uh, are having to, uh, you know, trying to find some type of entertainment for themselves. Um, it's getting pretty dull. Um, they can't communicate really with other people. Um, they get daily town hall meetings they have with themselves where they kind of hold like a town hall on their phones and talk about the issues. They have a face. A, Real, like they all call they each all other? call each other and have like a town hall meeting and discuss That's discuss amazing. issues they get you know uh they have a face a facebook group where they all you know kvetch about the different things that are going wrong um and there's also they also get teleconference um updates from the the government officials and that they actually on tuesday you know similar to the numbers that we we um obtained they were told that about 30% were complying with the test during that teleconference call. So they kind of um, were backing up those numbers that we were hearing. And, and then, you know, um, this one uh, woman who was with her grandparents, she was, she had just graduated, gotten her master's degree. She's a Bay area resident and went on this cruise ship as a celebration with her grandparents. And frankly, they're the most upbeat trio probably you could find where, I mean, she plays like her ukulele and posts music on social media and the, the grandmother, um, finds ways to do her Zumba classes and, um, to stay in shape and, and they kind of post silly videos of themselves. But, you know, in the end, they're all wanting to go home really badly. And, and what do they say when you, when you point out that, you know, the the refusal of taking these tests could is worrying people or will probably worry people back in their home communities if they don't get tested. Do they what do they say about that? The couple that that were um, that denied the test, um, I don't think really cared, frankly, much at this point. They just wanted to get home and they felt like they wouldn't be endangering anyone. They were told at the start that they spend 14 days with no symptoms and they're free people after that. Um, and so they are sticking to that and they figure they're going to be isolated, you know, with all these counties being under pretty much a lockdown. They're going to be isolated in their homes anyway um, if they get let out of Travis. So it's not like they're going to be a threat to anyone. On the flip side, um, the family who decided the 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 daughter, the granddaughter and the two grandparents who decided to get tested, A, they wanted, they got tested because A, they wanted peace of mind just um, for themselves. Um, they also wanted to be able to, once they're released, to be able to tell people in the community that they had been tested and were negative because, you know, now everyone knows kind of they're the people who were on the Grand Princess cruise ship, right? And they were isolated. So maybe people would kind of shy away from them. But if they had this test that showed they were negative, then they could say, Hey, you know, I'm clean now. There's nothing to worry about. So I think that was their driving force. What's the next step for these people? Um, what's the next part of the story that do you think? 
Well, um, you know, they still, the people who have declined to get tested still have the opportunity to say, Hey, I've changed my mind. I want to get tested now. Um, no results have come back from the testing that has gone out. There's a backlog on them. So potentially there's people who are going to come back with, um, positive test results. Um, if you're rooming with three people in your apartment and your, your grandmother tests positive and you're negative, you may have a longer stay in store for you because you're so close contact with them because you're in the same place, right? So there's that possibility out there. And then there's the people who are free to go um, will be transferred back home. They'll have, you know, um, transportation from the federal government that will send them back to wherever um, their home is. And um, they'll have to join us and get isolated um, in all the ways that we're doing it. Is there anything else people should know about the situation with the testing and the quarantine at Travis Air Force Base? No, um, I think it's a, you know, it's a very unique situation in that um, it's a unique situation and it isn't. Um, obviously, testing is like the big issue right now on how there's so few testing. And frankly, if there had been testing right off the bat, I don't think um, a lot of the people I spoke to don't think we'd be in the spot we're in right now. And so... That is kind of the the first domino to fall here that kind of created this uh, mess. So um, it'll be interesting to see if going forward, you know, as as more cases may arise, just um, if we're able to test them. Matthias, thanks so much for being with us and for your reporting on this story. Sure. Thanks for having me. I'd like to thank reporter Matthias Gaffney for being with me today, to King Kaufman for producing this episode, and thank you for listening. Fifth Emission is a production of the San Francisco Chronicle. If you like this podcast, please consider becoming a financial supporter of the largest newsroom in Northern California. You can sign up for a San Francisco Chronicle membership at sfchronicle.com slash pod. <laughs>